Hey, everybody. Today's episode is brought to us by the Raising Money Summit, raisingmoneysummit.com. Adam Adams has put together an amazing lineup of speakers. You have Adam Adams, Michael Blanc, Tim Bratz, Ellie Perlman, Alina Trigub, Kent Clothier, Jeremy Roll, Jillian Sadati, Cordy Peterson, Marie Miles, and many, many more. If you are raising money for syndication, for fix and flips, for land deals, for self-storage, mobile home parks, whatever you're raising money for in real estate, you need to be here at this conference. Again, that is the RaisingMoneySummit.com for tickets. And Adam has been gracious enough to let our listeners have a 40% discount through the end of May. All you need to do is use the promo code SPOTLIGHT, one word, SPOTLIGHT, S-P-O-T-L-I-G-H-T. And again, that is RaisingMoneySummit.com. And if you are raising money, this is the must-attend event of the year. And it is just going to be amazing. Adam puts on a just a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, summit. So just, uh, again, RaisingMoneySummit.com. And if you use the promo code SPOTLIGHT, you will get 40% off through the end of May. Welcome to REI Spotlight. I'm your host, David Schwan, and tonight our special guest is Bernard Rees. He's a CPA and tax expert focused on saving clients money through expert guidance. And welcome to the show, Bernard. David, great to be here. Glad to be in REI Spotlight. Looking forward to tonight's discussion. Uh, we got lots of great stuff uh, to talk about, and I'm always excited to talk about real estate and tax. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, if you don't mind, give, uh, give, give the listeners a, a little bit of a background for you. Yes, I am a CPA uh, with a kind of atypical background in the sense that I began in management consulting. So I didn't begin doing tax returns or tax forms. I began doing, uh, I'd say, much, very different kind of work. Management consulting is about going into companies, analyzing how they're doing, what they're doing. Are they profitable? Should they be more profitable? Um, are they losing money? How much are they losing? Um, where, where can we plug those holes? Uh, also involved what we call um, some litigation, litigation support. So, for example, on an audit firm, you know, you'd be amazed. Company, um, they thought they were making boatloads of money. Uh, <laughs> this is a company that well, they were going to go list. They were going to go public. Turns out they were losing money. Oh. Uh, they were losing money. Uh, and so then they're like, you got to go in there, figure out, firstly, okay, so what's going on? This company, they've been paying out bonuses uh, to all <laughs> the executives, thinking they're, they're, everybody's having a party. Um, oh. And then they have annual audited financials from a top, top firm. Um, you know, if you know, if you know a bit the landscape and the accounting industry, so we're looking at, uh, let's just say top 10. Okay. Top 10 firm um, was auditing their financials. Um, and it's, uh, I'm not going to go where exactly the top 10 they are, but they're, <laughs> they're bigger than the, they're not number 10 on the list. If I yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, okay. it's, it's, they're closer to top five, but we're, <laughs> we're just for, uh, so we're not really pointing the finger. It, it's top 10. <laughs> you got it. And yeah. so like we, two things that have to happen then. Um, you can imagine when this kind of thing happens, uh, vendors start pulling lines of credit, banks oh. start pulling lines of credit. Um, the whole 
kind of deck of cards. The whole house of cards comes crashing down. Yeah. And, and then there's a lot of blame to go around and to try to figure out, okay, who's uh, – everybody's pointing fingers at everybody. So, 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 so you, get, you get to come in and play forensic detective and go, well, look, this is, this is what really happened. Uh, you know, I'm impartial, I, but I'm I'm saying Johnny shot the sheriff. You know, <laughs> that's that's exactly it. It's two things: kind of figuring out, um, you know, where to lay the blame and how much, how to apportion the blame and where it goes. Uh, but then also trying to figure out, okay, how can we salvage this? Yeah. You know, it's still a huge enterprise. Um, it just turns out they're losing money, but they're turning a very big wheel. Um, so you know, can you stem the bleeding? You know, sell things off? Can you? Uh, what do you hold on to? What do you let go of? Um, so that's that's where I began. Uh, but in that space, it's not working with actual publicly traded companies for the most part. For the most part, working with closely held companies. So these are very large enterprises, but privately, privately owned. Privately held. That's right. So in that space, you can get exposure to both the personal and the business side. I've uh, got to work on some really interesting tax stuff. And what I learned is either you're, you're an expert in many disciplines or you're going to miss things uh, because everything is interconnected and if you approach things in a way that's shallow um, you're missing things it's inevitable oh that definitely i mean well it's it, it uh, um the the tax world's kind of like the syndication world in that aspect of you know if you're a syndicator you're not just an expert in one thing you you know it's it's there's lots of moving pieces and you better you either you better know or you better know somebody that knows what they're doing you know it, it's it, you don't have to know it all but you you better know you, you know it, it it takes that uh you know it's that group that teamwork mentality it's like yeah you you better know a a, a lot about a, a a little bit about a lot <laughs> and yes i'd say the key i think you're touching on a very important point uh, of, of course it's great to know a lot about a lot but the most important thing is if you can identify a potential blind spot, yes. then you can always get help. Uh, the problem is when people don't know what they don't know, and so they think they know everything. Uh, that's where the real challenge lies. It's, it's the unknown unknowns. Um, and if you're smart enough to know that, hey, there may be something there uh, that needs a deeper look, and hey, let's get the expert on the phone, uh, then you're in a good place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm the, I, I'm the type of person that that I, I tried to figure out. I, I, I spend as much time as possible trying to figure out what I don't know. Uh, you know, because that's, uh, you know, to me, that's that's one of the biggest things to know what you don't know is is a huge piece of uh, is huge piece of life just in general. You know, let alone just business. It's you know, if you're doing something, you know, like like you said, knowing what you don't know. Yeah. And listen, that's the biggest uh, kind of, you know, we break things down. We all know, you know, intuitively, we all know that that's the biggest slice of the pie, the unknown unknowns, yes. but it's still hard to get past that because being that it is an unknown unknown, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's hard to protect yourself. Uh, but like you say, it, it's just being aware. It's, it's questioning, um, you know, not taking everything for granted, not assuming, uh, you know it all. Uh, that that goes a long way. Uh, I guess a little humility. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, I, I prefer to I, I prefer to try and learn humility through others. Um, I, I'm the youngest of seven. I learned a lot from my older brothers and sisters by sitting back and watching. Um, 
you know, so uh, I learned at a very young age, you know, learn, uh, learn from others. Um, that's that that gets you a lot further in life when you when you pay attention to what others have pay attention to others pitfalls. So that way you can you, you can step around them. Yeah, listen, you've got to learn from others mistakes. Uh, life is too short to make them all yourself. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I've, I've, I've made my fair share, but I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough. I've been able to watch enough people make mistakes that I didn't have to follow all of theirs. <laughs> you know, that's that that's a wonderful thing. You know, not not you know, but at least I was I, I was wise enough at some points in my life, uh, not at all points in my life, but in most points of my life, to to try to watch others and try and avoid their mistakes. Yeah, it's 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 an ongoing learning experience. That's really what it's about. Um, learn something new every day. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, on that note, um. If somebody who, uh, I guess we'll dig into, dig into some meat and potatoes here and uh, say, uh, you know, if somebody currently has their 401k or their IRA, you know, just their, their normal corporate 401k and they want to move that into a self-directed kind of point of view, you, you know, they, they want to move it into something where they can start, you know, investing in real estate or you know, something like that. What, and I know this is a deep, long subject and there's many of options, but if you could just give like a 30,000 foot overview of what that would typically look like, you know, if somebody just walked in and said, look, I have, you know, I have money in my, my 401k at work. What can I do with it? Okay. And there, there are so many moving parts here. Uh, my goal is always to simplify things, Okay, but not to oversimplify them because when you oversimplify uh, and right oversimplify is a very subjective term. So <laughs> when, but if it's oversimplified, whatever, whenever you reach that point, then you may end up with a less than optimal structure. So what I'll typically typically do um, is kind of qualify people, ask them a couple of questions uh, that will let me know what route is best for them uh, rather than exploring every possible route. But there are a couple of different routes. Um, it's good for me. I'll, I'll, I'll give you, let, tell you what those are at a high level. Okay. And, and then I'll let you know some of the key questions that we got to look for. So broadly speaking, uh, the objective that we're trying to achieve is get this money into an account uh, where the investor will no longer be restricted artificially by some custodian or financial advisory firm from investing their tax-sheltered money in assets that they choose. That's our end game, broadly yeah. speaking. Um, my firm focuses on taking that one step further and actually giving them the money in a bank account, retaining the tax-sheltered status, but providing them the money in a bank account where they can just engage in transactions more or less the way they normally would, um, you know, even if it wasn't an IRA or 401k. Uh, so that's what I focus on. Awesome. But before getting to that level of detail, let's talk about at a really at that thirty thousand foot level. Uh, what's the first question we got to ask? Yes. The first thing we got to figure out is: Are we going to go IRA based or QRP based? And IRA based refers to individual retirement arrangements, and there are many of those. There's traditional IRA, Roth IRA, 
SEP IRA and simple IRA. But those are all one group of retirement accounts. And we call those IRA-based structures. Okay. Um, the other side, we've got QRP-based. QRP stands for Qualified Retirement Plan. Uh, and those are a group of plans that include 401k plans, profit sharing plans, keel plans, cash balance plans, defined benefit plans. So we've got these two broad groups of plans and we got to figure out, okay, where are we going to send you? Okay. And in general, uh, the first thing to having, uh, whenever we're going to be looking at somebody that's got a business, we're going to see if we can get them into a QRP-based plan. Because when if you've got a business, uh, then a QRP-based plan is the preferable route because you can set up a QRP. So in contrast to an IRA, which is for individuals, okay. um, a QRP has to be tied to a business. And now if any listeners are kind of wondering, hey, there's a SEP IRA and a SEP IRA and a simple IRA and those need businesses, they're, they're right. Uh, okay. But anybody that's a candidate for a SEP IRA um, is generally going to be a candidate for a QRP and the QRP would be the preferred way to go. Okay. So, so in our minds, in general, a SEP IRA is almost something we're not going to consider. Um, if you're a business owner, we're going to go QRP route, some form of 401k generally. So that's... But, uh, with, uh, just uh, let me let me pause there for a second, and uh, if you don't mind, um, why? With what would be the, the the basis for choosing? You know, choosing the the that route. Yeah, certainly. There are a couple of different a couple of reasons for that. So, a SEP IRA and simple IRA are still governed by the IRA rules. They're they're IRAs. You know, there are structures whereby you can get greater contributions. Um, you know, an IRA in general, you're, you're limited to $6,000 per year in contributions, whereas with SEPs and SIMPLES, um, SEP IRAs in particular, you can exceed that. You can get all the way up to $55,000 per year. Okay. But it's still an IRA. It's just a structure that allows you to put more money into an IRA, which is an individual retirement arrangement. So at the end of the day, what you're ending up with is more money in IRA. Um, and if a QRP route is generally preferable. Okay. Uh, and I'll get to that in a moment. Okay. And, and something that I've got to continuously emphasize because I am just see so many issues with this. QRP is preferable if it is well matched to you. If you do not qualify for it, it is a very, very serious mistake to set one of those up, um, right? You, you can be setting yourself for a lot of, you know, a lot of pain <laughs> if you set up a QRP and you don't qualify for it. So that being said, QRP um, has several benefits. Uh, first is QRPs do not require a custodian. Okay. In contrast with an IRA, QRP does not require a custodian. Um, which can simplify things, uh, bring down costs, uh, and make it easier to manage. Okay. And you can get direct access to your money uh, without in, you know, using any of the structures. We'll talk about it in a moment about IRAs. So whereas with an IRA, in order to get you the money in a bank account, 
we're going to have to use an LLC or a trust. We have to use some fancy footwork to okay. achieve our objective. With the QRP-based structure, there's no need for that. Uh, that's a key benefit. Another benefit um, is something with regards to something called UDFI. Have you ever heard of UDFI? Yes, I have. But it, uh, I probably uh, that that's probably not a common uh, a, a common phrase for my listeners. So so if you don't mind uh, explaining a little bit about that, that would be great. Yeah, I'll talk about it. And it's something um, I I could say it's like kind of like grabbing the bull by the horns. Mm-hmm. It's something that that needs addressing uh, for two reasons. One is it's something that many people are not aware of. Um, you know, in general many people in a self-directed space are not going to bring it to your attention. So when you go set up a self-directed account, nobody's going to tell you about this. And then what that has left a vacuum where people that are aggressively pushing structures other than IRAs are kind of completely blowing this thing out of proportion, uh, presenting this UDFI as something that is disastrous and should keep you from using a self-directed IRA. And I cannot state more emphatically and unequivocally uh, that that's a mistake. Okay. So to put it, what is this UDFI? Yes. Concept is is really straightforward. Congress went ahead and has created certain tax-sheltered accounts, right? And be it if you're a 501c3, you're United Way, you're Red Cross, you're doing some, you're doing good stuff, mm-hmm. and you're raising money from charity and you're doing your operations, saving lives, and you don't pay taxes. Well, and same goes for IRAs, right? You can put money in and it's tax-free. You invest, you don't pay money on that. You don't pay any income tax uh, on your investment profits inside of an IRA. Yes. Well, say you go ahead and you can go borrow $100,000 from the bank and invest that tax-free as well. So for due to various financial shenanigans that were going on with um, some 501c3, 501c3 are your non-for-profits that you used to hear of your charitable organizations. Congress said that from now on, when a tax-free entity borrows money for investment purposes, the profit that is earned on the leveraged portion of the investment is taxable. Okay. Makes sense to me. I mean, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, it's 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 not. It, it really, it's, especially in, in IRAs, uh, usually don't hear about it, and and it's really amazing. People say, "Oh, you know what? This is you know." Some people that hear about this, I'm not going to put my IRA into real estate because I'm going to have UDFI. Oh, that's foolish. Because go to oh. your broker and say, "Hey, you know, I've got a hundred thousand dollars in the IRA. Would you give me three hundred thousand dollars so I can buy more mutual funds?" They're going to say no. <laughs> right. But with real estate, you could have a $100,000 IRA, go to a bank and borrow 300000 Okay. Easily. Great. Yeah. 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 Now, yeah. now you've got $400,000 to invest. Okay. So you'll pay some tax on that 300000 Your $100,000 portion is tax-free. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's just paying the piper his due his due share. I mean, that, that, that's not nefarious or evil. That's just 
fair. It's, it, it's, I, I'd probably kind of be disappointed if it wasn't that way, honestly. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, it's like, well, look, uh, this is your, this is your slice of the pie and you've leveraged that to get three more slices of pie. Well, that three slices of pie, they pay taxes. Sorry. That's not, you know, that's not IRA money. I mean, it's, it's, that's not your retirement money. That's money. That's, that's just borrowed money. It, it makes sense that, Look, uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Taxman, yeah, I, I get why you want your 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 portion off of that money. I get it. Yeah, it's it's not. Listen, it's better not to have any tax, and the QRP is great because for real estate acquisition indebtedness, QRPs don't pay this tax. Oh, so that's like this really neat feature of the QRP. However, it's a neat feature to have if the QRP is the right fit for you. If yes. QRP is not the right fit and you set one up and move all your money in there, you may be paying a lot of taxes and penalties. Um, you'd much rather have UDFI uh, than have the QRP that you don't qualify for. That's not a good fit for you. And it's important to, I guess, further put this UDFI thing in perspective. Uh, so one of the things you may hear is that you're going to be paying an insane amount of tax. Well, people make the mis well, the mistake or certain things are, propagated and put out there. Uh, think about a real estate deal. How much taxable income do you have on a real estate deal to begin with? If it's a good one, not much. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know, if it's structured and you're taking advantage of most of what you have out there, I mean, some, but you know, it's not going to be as taxed as heavy as your W two job that you st that you started with. I mean, you know, it's not going to be taxed at that rate. So, I mean, it, you you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why so many people are in the real estate space is because of the favorable tax laws. You know, so I, I mean, you know, especially if you're you, you know if if you're in a in a deal that works out where you're not paying tax. I mean, if it's your negative, you know, if you're at a zero tax rate, you know, <laughs> go ahead and tax me on it. There is no tax on it. That's exactly it. So what you've got to have in order to encounter this UDFI tax is net taxable income, right? Which means you begin with your revenue, say you took in $50,000 of rent, but that's revenue. That's a gross number. There's no tax on that. Then you've got to pull out your, all your deductions, so your property taxes, your mortgage interest, uh, your insurance, your property management. You pull out your, you know, all the expenses that are associated with having real estate. And then you pull out your depreciation deduction. And by the time we're done, uh, you've got cash flow, but you've got no taxable income. And if you've got no taxable income, you've got no UDFI. I mean, UDFI, and you, you know, it's like you said, you know, if there's no taxable income, which is one of the, you know, amazing parts of, you know, especially larger multifamily stuff, you know, it's like, it's no brainer. Why, you know, so if it's structured right and you're, you know, if you have the right project that you're working on, it's not really a, an issue either way. Yeah. And to take this further, another thing that that's, out there is that where the UDFI is going to get you is when you sell the asset. That's something that I've been hearing. When you sell the asset and it's appreciated, 
that's when you're gonna get this UDFI at these really high tax rates. Uh, but again, UDFI, firstly, is only on a proportion, right? It's not in the entire sale. And secondly, the tax rate is the capital gains tax rate. So it's again, that's that zero to 20% tax, tax, tax bracket. It's nothing higher than that. So you're definitely coming out ahead using a self-directed IRA with UDFI than any other alternative. Yes. But to bring this full circle, a QRP is great because you don't even have to think about any of this. You know, all this discussion that we had about putting this in perspective um, is just unnecessary. No need to clutter your mind with it. Use a QRP. You do not have to deal with UDFI for real estate only. It's this carve out. I don't, frankly, I don't know why it's there, uh, but there's a carve out real estate only and a QRP. No because it's there because somebody in Congress owned a lot of real estate is why it's there. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I, I don't know who it was, but it. that's why. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's, that's the QRP in a nutshell though. The benefits, no custodian, no UDFI. Uh, but uh, for, for that's sort of the first thing we're looking to figure out. Okay, where are you going to fit? Are you going to fit into IRA-based or QRP-based? Um, that's the first thing we got to determine. And in order to, the, the, one of the decisive questions is, have you got a business which you own? Um, and that's, that's a key determinant. Secondly, um, in order to keep these QRPs that we set up extremely cost-effective and liability-free, our primary focus is setting them up for businesses that have only owners and no full-time employees that are other than the business owner and a spouse. Okay. Because the moment you've got other folks in there, then there's a whole new level of regulation that you've got to contend with. And that can get very costly, very burdensome. And anything you allow yourself, you got to allow the employees. And if you want to put your QRP invested in real estate or a startup or cryptocurrency, uh, that's great. You know, we're all about giving you financial self-determination. Um, you know, you may speculate and it may, you know, if cryptocurrency is okay. worth 10,000 times what's worth today, you know, that's a choice that you should be entitled to make. Um, you know, if you see opportunities in real estate, we're about giving you that freedom. Yes. Uh, but when you've got other people on the plan and they also take those freedoms, exercise those freedoms and things move against them, uh, there could be potential liability for the business owner. Okay. So it's not that these can't work, but they're a, an excellent fit. I mean, there's no better fit um, than this owner-only 401k plan uh, for investing in alternatives. Um, it's the best plan for the folks that are the best fit. Business owner, no full-time employees. If you're not a business owner um, or any activity you're engaged in does not meet what the tax code would consider being involved in active trade or business, then we go IRA route. Which, like you explained, that's not, you know, that's, it, it's not a, it's not the death knell ha having to go with an IRA. You know, it's like, well. Oh, it, absolutely not. It's, it's, it's like, it's still awesome. <laughs> that's right. It is, it is awesome. And again, and, and we've each in life as, as we progress, um, right, we're always evolving, enhancing our financial profile, uh, right, for every, each one of us. We're always moving forward for wherever we started from and where we are today. Um, and if you'd like to get into a QRP zone, 
of course, you can get there. It's just part of your evolution. You may be transitioning from mutual funds to real estate, um, and part of another transition may be IRA to QRP. Uh, but you've got to re reach that point. You've got to get there. Yeah. Uh, and and for the IRA, it, here's it's good to put it into perspective. And I find that it's ironic, you know, to have this conversation because up until very recently, it was crystal clear that an IRA with total control uh, is an awesome thing. But there's been a little bit of misinformation out there about it uh, that has discouraged people. But it's it's good to kind of boil things down, look things really simply. If you've got money uh, in tax sheltered accounts that you want to invest in real estate because that's where your future is. Yes. Uh, you've really got two choices. Uh, we'll expand it to three only for purposes of this discussion. <clears throat> okay. Right. You can take a taxable distribution from your account, right? That means okay. just ditch the whole tax shelter thing. Let's pull the money out of the IRA, out of the 401k. I'll take it in my personal name. That's one choice. Bad Second choice. choice is move it to a self-directed IRA or you know what we set up, total control IRAs. Um, or you can move it to a QRP. Okay. You move it to a QRP and you don't qualify. I don't even want to talk about what happens there. Uh, but don't go there. Uh, then there's the other alternative is take a distribution. Well, if you take a distribution, the precise numbers, you know, exactly what it's going to be is going to vary uh, based on your tax profile. But what happens is it gets taxed firstly at your marginal income tax rate. Um, so it just gets stacked on top of your, all your other income. So if you made $75,000 and you take a $100,000 distribution, you just got another $100,000 on your current year tax Ouch. return, right? So you're going to be paying, and again, it's stacked on top. It doesn't start over at like zero to 100, right? You had a 75, and you just add another 100. Or yeah. wherever your starting point was, it could be 750 and you're adding 100. Um, still at 850. It's still, which, whichever way, it's, it's, I, I, it doesn't matter what tax bracket you're in. It's going to be painful and it's going to hurt doing that. That's right. <laughs> and then in addition, there's whatever your marginal income tax rate is, you get an additional 10% tax, right? Referred to as a penalty. You get another 10% penalty. So say you are earning 75, you just earn 175 and that 100, in addition to whatever tax rate you'd be, depending single, married, between combined federal and state, right? You may be looking at taking a 50% haircut. Right, so you may have had a hundred, and now you're going to have fifty thousand dollars to invest. There's just no way you can be better off with fifty thousand dollars to invest than having a hundred thousand dollars to invest. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, whatever. whatever that that is that that just sounds like a horror story. That that sounds like the worst move possible you could make. I mean, it just it sounds awful. Yeah, it's and, and you'd be amazed there are people out there that do encourage this, but you really have to think about not just the $50,000 hit. I've also got to think about the long-term impact on compounding because the difference between $100,000 of investable assets and $50,000 is not $50,000. It's over time that accrues, you're looking at potentially several million dollar difference because well, if you're able to effectively compound that 100000 Right, and compounding accelerates over time. Yes. So the more, the further you're in, and the more time you have to invest, the 
greater the cost of that distribution because well, you've got. So, I mean, it's just, just on the front side, just on, I mean, not even without the compounding, just on the face value. How much of a loan can you get with $100,000 in your bank and how much of a loan can you get with 50? I mean, just on that, just on that point alone is enough for me personally to go, no, this isn't, this isn't worth it. Let alone, like you said, the, the compounding year after year after year of that 50,000, it's just on the face value, you know, like you said, I mean, you know, if you have 50,000, you know, say, you know, what are you going to get? $150,000, you know, another 150,000. So you have 200,000 to invest versus with the 100,000. Now you have 400,000. I mean, there's right there, there's a $200,000 difference in what you can get into. And that's not counting any of your compounding. That's just straight up simple math, right? On the, on the front side of it, that, that just goes, yeah, whoever who I I don't see I I don't see a path or a point where that would really ever make sense. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I am with you. Uh, I'm with you on that. So there really are. That's the first thing we look to determine after we've gone yeah. through this entire conversation, gone through all the nitty gritty. Uh, it's really okay. Where are we going to point you to? Is it going to be um, the owner only 401k or is it, you know, which is a QRP, uh, or some form of IRA account. That's, that's a key thing. Uh, once, and, and without even discussing all this, you know, so we know it really just takes two questions. Uh, and yes. we, and we kind of know, uh, once, once we kind of determine which way to go. Uh, so for us, we're all paper-based apart uh, or all paperless, Yes. Um, so we've got web-based forms or we used, um, you know, various electronic signature tools, uh, to get an application in, uh, on, on the QRP side, uh, we just get there, getting the documents together, getting the EIN for the plan. Um, and then of course we assist with the rollovers, with the bank accounts. There are a lot of moving parts. Um, and it's important to understand that you got to work with somebody that's going to help you. Uh, through every single one of these steps, because if you drop the ball at one of them, right, you got to take it to the finish line, yeah. uh, right? If you drop the ball, um, you know, you know, when you're halfway down the field and you keep on running, <laughs> uh, you know, that's bad things happen to the ball. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, that, that's well said. And I guess this case in this analogy, the ball would be the cash. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> You got to take it to the finish line and, you know, getting, getting it there. Uh, we streamline all of that, but it's, you know, it's got to, it's moving the money the right way uh, between all the phases of moving it, um, getting the bank account set up in a way that is compliant. Um, it's making sure your name is listed everywhere in a way that's compliant, making sure that you are well educated about the rules, not just yeah. saying, Hey, here's your money. Um, invest and be wise with it. And that's all the information you get. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's gotta be, you know, we want people, we want it to be successful in order to be successful. It's not just about having a good deal. When you're working with IRAs and QRPs, you've always got to make sure you are compliant. Uh, so it's not a big deal. Uh, but it does require an awareness. And maybe sometimes I take it for granted because obviously, um, 
you know, I can recite this stuff in my sleep. Uh, but if for folks that are new to it and getting into it, uh, getting that education and making sure somebody's there to hold your hand as you get to that finish line, um, as you get to the end zone, um, is absolutely crucial. Definitely, which, you know, the, I, I'd say the, the ending point of all this is uh, if you're thinking of doing this, find Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Call up, call up Bernard and just go, look, Bernard, you know what you're talking about. Uh, help me out where, you, you know, start asking me questions so you can lead me where I need to go. Don't, you know, just the, the big thing is, is this is not DIY. <laughs> not at all not even close don't go there don't pretend to be there just you, you know it's look this is this is one of those things in life where you, you know you need an expert treat this like open heart surgery you're not doing open heart surgery on yourself you gotta you need a professional when it comes to this you still need you need a professional you're not a heart surgeon even if you are a heart surgeon you still need Bernard on this <laughs> Well said. It's, it's, it's so much about, you know, it's again, it's really those unknown unknowns. Um, and, and you want to work with somebody that has the ability to go to the source, go to the tax code, uh, you know, and is really that has a background in compliance, uh, not somebody that, you know, talks a good game and gives you a set of documents, uh, you know, but, somebody that's really looking out for you yeah 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 yeah. some it's it's find a professional find somebody who who knows what they're doing just you know this is not you know this this is not play with this by yourself this is this is too serious this is too much of your retirement this is too much of your money at stake don't 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 skimp on this don't be cheesy on it you know just Go out there, take care of it, and you know sometimes just look hire the professionals when they're needed. Just go do it. You know, get get somebody that is credible. Get somebody that that knows what they're doing. Don't you know? Don't 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 do this on your own. This is not you know. This is one of those times where you're 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 playing with uh, you're 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 playing with big boys, and it's real easy to you know. It's it's not. Uh, you know, it's just easy for you to get yourself in a whole world of hurt. And I'm pretty sure the IRS is much, much, much more expensive when you mess up than whatever you'll pay a professional to get it done right. Uh, that, that's true. And important <laughs> to note, ironically, our, without saying the numbers, yes. um, our fees are almost nominal. Extremely competitive. Uh, we want it to be an obvious and clear choice to people. Uh, yes. You know, we don't have to go out there and sell this and people to say, "Oh, these guys, you know, they're great, but they're so expensive." Uh, we're great and we're super affordable. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. Uh, you know, uh, this podcast will be out there for a while, so I, I don't want somebody in ten years coming back to you going, "Hey, uh, wait, wait, what's this right here? Uh, when, when did you?" Hey, that was 10 years ago. That was 2019. This is 2029. We can't do that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, definitely, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just, just like I said, my listeners, just, just do it, you know, do what you're supposed to. This is, this is one of those things that, you know, it, it's, it's, 
it's a no brainer. Just, just do what you need to, um, you know, just, just make sure, make sure you're covered, make sure you're dealing with a professional like Bernard and, and just get your, you know, cover your butt, you know, just do it, just do it the right way. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not a problem at all. I mean, you know, that's, that's part of why I do this podcast is to make sure that my listeners, you, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm in there and I'm pushing them in the right direction. And I, I care for my listeners. I mean, these are, these are my investors. I mean, these are people that, you know, that, that, that we're, we're here to educate and to help them. And, you know, just, this is, this is one of those things that they just, they need to know and they just need to know to do it right. You know, this is, you know, uh, don't cut corners, <laughs> you know, just do it right. So yeah, it's important. I think for the industry, for syndicators, for anybody that's in the space, uh, because for example, I've heard of a syndicator who has said, uh, from now on, they're only taking money from QRPs, no IRAs. Uh, and that, that's a shame for multiple reasons. First one being, they're having all their guys get into QRPs. And the fact remains, the majority of Americans don't qualify for QRPs. While more than ever do, remember, in order to be a, a great fit for the QRP, you've got to have your own business without full-time employees. And yes, you can do ride-sharing, Uber and Lyft. You can consult. You can sell stuff on Amazon and eBay um, and be a business owner. And that's why with our side gig economy, we've got more people than ever that can qualify. But um, you better qualify. You better qualify, and it's still not the majority of Americans. So anybody that's saying we're doing only QRP um, is either leaving a lot of money on the table because – all the people that can only do IRAs are not putting money in their deals or the other alternative is all the guys that shouldn't have QRPs are getting them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I, I personally, I don't know which syndicator is doing that and I, and, and I'm not asking, um, I don't want to put their name out there, not on my podcast because that may sound like I'm being just, not it, it, it's it's not good business uh but you know it, it to me it's uh I, i'm not I, I don't quite understand i'm kind of like you I, I don't quite understand why you would do that because now you're encouraging somebody to probably especially if you have deals that they really want to get into they may push something on the legal side and they may you may be screwing them you, you know, I mean, they may want to, and I know it's their decision and I know we're all, you know, we're all big boys in this game. We all make our own choices, but I still don't really like the idea of somebody kind of pushing somebody towards something that, you know, it's like, well, I really want to get into this deal. I'm not, I don't really qualify for this, but I'm going to, I'm going to force, you know, I'm going to try and force the hand. And then, you know, I, I mean, how's, you know, down the road, if they get busted, what, you know, what's that going to feel like from the syndicator? I mean, I, you know, it's like, I'd, I'd feel awful, you know, that, that all of a sudden, because I was closed minded and I forced this person to, you know, start thinking in this mode, thinking in this, in this direction that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, that they're, they're getting, you know, they're getting bent over by the IRS and, and it's, you know, really they shouldn't have been. And, you know, I kind of helped push them in that direction to me. I just, I, I don't like, it. you know, it, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't sit well with me on, on forcing something that way. 
Yeah, and there's as a as a deal sponsor, there's an incredible amount of money and capital that's available for real estate deals in IRAs. Uh, we're talking to the tune of approximately nine trillion dollars. It's a shame yeah. to leave that on the table. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why would why would you you know again why why would you uh, why why would you cut yourself off to another money source? I mean, unless you got unless you're doing it that well and you have that much, uh, you, you know, you have that much money, obviously you're doing something really, really good or something, but you know, it, it's like, why, like you said, I mean, why would you not, why would you bar yourself from $9 trillion worth of possible <laughs> investors? That, that doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah. So it's, it's really powerful. Um, it's a way to get control um, get into the kind of assets uh, that you appreciate, uh, where you want to be in. Uh, I think it's important people understand that the the IRS and Congress uh, are not your the RW financial advisors. Congress uses the tax code to incentivize us, to incentivize me, to incentivize you to make the best choices for ourselves. Yes. Uh, they're not there to dictate. They kind of figure, hey. We say we'll give you tax benefits if you use an IRA or 401k. Uh, they can trust each one of us to look out for ourselves yes. better than anybody else would. And well, certainly better than Congress can. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> so Congress puts these levers in uh, because they realize, hey, Uncle Sam can't do it all. Uncle Sam, you know, you can't create this state where the government holds all the money, invests all the money, and pays for everybody's retirement. Uh, they realize that that's not going to work. Gonna work. Well. <laughs> so they create these accounts to empower us. Um, and that's what we're about. We're about taking these accounts um, and putting them back in your control, uh, taking it out away from the control of certain institutions that have dominated this space and have propagated this myth. It's kind of pretty pervasive. Yes. Uh, that IRA and 401k is synonymous with a menu of mutual funds um, and put it back in its rightful place, which is putting you in control. Of course, you can put it in mutual funds. Uh, we're not saying that you what you should or shouldn't do. Uh, we're no, you're about saying- it, you're, you're just setting it up. So, okay, you, you have the right structure. Now, you know, um, we, we've given you the rules. Now go invest within the rules. That's right. And, you choose. And, 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 you know, as, as I was say, you, you may have your opinion of, you know, whether or not I should uh, buy an apartment complex or sink all my money into Bitcoin. You, you, you have your, your, your version and, you know, but at the end of the day, it's still, it's my money. So if I feel like Bitcoin is, you know, where I want to go, it's not, but if it was, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, it's, it's my money. And, and it's like, okay, well, that's what you want to do, but okay, go do it. But it, at least you've set me up so that I, I'm my, my, it's structured how it needs to be structured. And that's, you know, you've done your job at that moment and you may pull me aside and go, Hey, I can't tell you what to do with this, but that may not be the best idea. You know, uh, you, you know, uh, in, in investing in, in, in lambskins is not like the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. in, 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 in all honesty, there's no way you can really say that 
that's bad or good. Yes. It's, it's more about educating, perhaps give you a different perspective. Yes, there are occasionally people that confuse investing and speculating. Uh, <laughs> you are free to speculate and you understand that, yes, when you speculate, there may be a big payoff. Uh, but if you don't have a big payoff, all right, you're probably not going to have too much preservation of capital. Yes. Right. It's yes. kind of huge. One or the other. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, so as long as you, you know, understand the rules of the game, you can speculate and you yes. can invest. There's a difference between putting your money into multifamily uh, real estate deal, into multifamily apartment buildings and putting it into cryptocurrency. Uh, right. Those are just not the same. It's not as if yes. like, uh, oh, what should I do? You should never find yourself asking kind of this, this question, uh, you know, choosing between, should I put all my money here or all my money into cryptocurrency? Uh, because yeah. they're just fundamentally different. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> of course, you could put some here, you could put all there, uh, but that's not apples to apples. Yeah, uh, one yeah. is a kind of, you know, multifamily real estate has historically performed extremely well, um, but you're and, not and, likely. And one of them wasn't around 10 years ago. <laughs> yes. you know, one of them one of them has made people rich since before you know for it, it's it's made people money for the last four thousand years um you, you know i because to me i think uh you know i i think being landlord is like the second oldest profession uh you know so i, I you know it's 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 kind of a proven theory that this this works over time uh, you know, yeah, no, that's exactly, that's precisely it. Yeah. But say somebody says, you know what? I just want to swing for the fences um, and I want to make it big tomorrow or go home. <laughs> if you understand that those are, hey, if you, that's if, what happens. If, if, if you're comfortable with it, I, go for it. I, I mean, you, you know, I, I have no idea. And, and there will be people that will do it and they will make huge money and good for them. <laughs> yes it, it, it's it, it just probably won't be me because i don't have that time that if i uh you know if i pick the wrong cryptocurrency and it goes south i'm i i, I don't have the time to build that all back up so i i'm, I'm playing with uh you know I'm, i i have to be a little bit more uh a more protective uh of, of mine i i can't uh i can't be speculative and i can uh you know look I'm fine with hitting base hits. I just can't strike out. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you're gonna you're gonna round all the bases, and you're gonna make it back to home plate. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, yep. that that's that's my that's that is that is the object of my game. You know, hey, I, and, and I'm not knocking anybody that's swinging for the fences. I have no problem with somebody swinging for the fences. It's just, uh, you know, my listeners understand that you know. It, I'm not the swinging for the fences guy. Um, you know, that's why it's real estate investing spotlight, not cryptocurrency spotlight. <laughs> right. Currency, <laughs> cryptocurrency speculation spotlight. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of the name of the podcast kind of points you where, where, I'm, where, where my flavor is. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say interesting to observe that for the most part, um, I think, the real estate folks and the crypto folks are, are, don't necessarily travel in the same circles. Um, it, it is, it's a different mentality. Yeah. Well, and, and, and like I said, I, 
you you know um and maybe when i get to the point where i have a little bit more a few more zeros in my bank account and i can afford to be speculative and you know not be as worried about losing and yeah i'll swing for the fences then but i'm just not in that place to swing for the fences right now you know well, well here's one here's something really neat uh because this for these kind of investments uh, these kind of speculative stuff where you've got that asymmetric uh, return profile, right? Where the, on the, you know, on the possibility that you're going to have a positive outcome, right? The returns are going to be so astronomical. <laughs> what you want to, and, and so astronomical relative to your invested capital, right? Yes. Uh, the investment thesis putting money into a cryptocurrency is that okay i can may put five thousand dollars in here and five thousand dollars may be worth five million dollars someday or maybe worth nothing right yes. but even if you lose it all you lost five thousand uh versus if it goes where you think it might go right you don't know let's say yes. we're talking somebody that doesn't know they recognize that they're speculating uh, but they think it's within the realm of possibility that cryptocurrency is just going to be worth that much more. Yes. What is the smartest thing that they can do? Um, and, and just to be internally consistent with their investment thesis. Think of this. If, they, if it goes up, and even if, let's say, it's they're banking on that 1 in 100, 2 in 100, whatever number of probability you attach to it, um, that it's going to be worth just – hundreds of thousands of multiples of what it is today. Yes. How would you do that? What would be the smartest way to, 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 to pursue that, that investment? What do you think? Uh, well, that hopefully on a QRP is what they have in to make sure that they don't. So here, here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, in this realm, there's no distinction between QRP and IRA, but what you want is a Roth account. And you can have a Roth IRA, and in the owner-only 401ks that we set up, you've also got a Roth component. And Roth, are you familiar with the distinction between mm -hmm. traditional Roth? Yes, yes. So for the benefit of the listeners, a, in a traditional account, traditional IRA, traditional 401k, you get a tax deduction for putting money in, tax-free for decades, you get taxed when you take it out. So it's, there is eventually going to be income tax paid. Um, however, you get the benefit of tax-free compounding for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. You can set them up for your kids, uh, right? So potentially you can have many, many decades of tax-free compounding, but the tax gets paid yes. one day. Um, and now you can manage that tax perhaps in a way to mitigate it, and to, but eventually it, it's taxable. Well, with a Roth account, the opposite is true. You don't get a tax deduction when you put the money in, but thereafter it is tax-free forever. It will never be taxed again. So if you are making an investment with the following profile, yes. you're going to put $5,000 in. It may be worth nothing. It may be worth $5 million. What's the smartest way to do that? Oh, yeah. You're definitely just put it in a Roth, pay, pay, your, ta pay your tax on the front side and go, hey, go swing for it. Because now if I hit a grand slam, it's, 
it really is a grand slam. But, That's right. If if that you know, comes, if, if that and, was and, traditional, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. became worth, and it was worth five million down the road, right? You'll be paying taxes on five million, four million nine hundred ninety-five thousand dollars of that is going to be taxable. But if it's in a Roth, that will be tax-free. Incredibly powerful. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, Bernard, I think we need to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, for the listeners, uh, go ahead and, and uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll we'll ask my two questions that I always ask uh, just about every guest. Is uh, first one I'll, I'll, I'll throw the I'll throw the softball up here. What is your favorite either real estate or just business book? Okay, I got a lot of books that I read and that I love reading. Um, many of them are not directly related to real estate or business. Okay. Uh, and I think that it's important really to, to really appreciate anything that you do uh, to take a more, I don't know, higher level and broader perspective. Okay. And, and a great book that I really enjoyed. Uh, it's a little more technical. If, if you're there, if you're the type of person that likes reading motivational books, you mm -hmm. know, with the hype, this is not the one for you. Uh, but a great book is Against the Gods, The Remarkable Story of Risk by Peter Bernstein. I'll have to check that one out. I've, uh, I've not heard that one recommended, but I always love somebody that thinks outside the box and gives me something a little bit different. That's, uh, that's really cool. I, I, I like having a, I like having a little bit different, uh, a, a little bit different book there. Uh, awesome. Thank you for that. And then, uh, what is your, uh, what's your favorite way to give back? Uh, I, you know what I, what I'm thinking, you know, I was going to kind of say, I get this question a lot and I've got a, the answers. There are a lot of ways we give back, Yes. but I think a good answer an important point to make is when we get asked these questions, there's kind of this, something that's a given that somehow in your business you're taking um, and then you've got to find somewhere else to offset that taking with giving. Where do you give back? Yes. Uh, but the truth is um, the place where you can give most is in your business. You can run your business as a way to take or you can run your business as if you're giving. Um, and, and I think you know, I guess I should answer the question based on the, the, the assumption. And I'll, I'll give that answer. Yes. But I think it's really important to understand that. I think we should all focus on giving in our businesses, run our businesses, in, you know, with integrity. Uh, yes. And try yes, to, definitely. It, with the best interest of our clients, not try to set them up with something or sell them something um, that they may later regret or that they're not aware of. Um, we should be giving all the time. Uh, def definitely, definitely. I, I mean, to me, that that fits in. Uh, you know, you're 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 right. That I guess uh, I I lo overlook that sometimes just because my mindset. You know, that is my mindset, um, and I guess they're you know that that isn't everybody's mindset. So yeah, thank you for for bringing that up for sure. But to answer the question, it's really about, I think, making connections. Uh, we, come, we interact with so many people. Uh, there are certain opportunities that are for us that aren't for us, uh, but we each have people in our network that can take advantage of, the, of so many opportunities that we come across. Uh, and making connections between people that, so many people that need things, people that are looking for things, um, and it's just an all-around win-win if you can bring those people together.
Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. That's, uh, I, I think we all should strive for that win-win, um, you know, just being able to, to, to help people. And, you, you know, me, me personally, my personal belief is that if I do good, if I help somebody else out, it will always, always come back to me, you know, and, and you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, just, just you, you know, when you help somebody else and especially if you help somebody else without any expected return whatever return they get whatever help you give them <clears throat> never ever worry about it you know it, it's it's like look if you help somebody you're doing the right thing and you're helping somebody out don't ever ever as long as you're pure and you're doing it for the sake of this is just the right thing to do don't ever, ever worry about doing the right thing because I've, it, it will be paid back to you. It, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just do the right thing and you can't outdo doing the right thing. If you're always doing the right thing, you'll, you, you won't be in a bad place. You know, you, you, you won't, it's impossible. You know, that's the, the, the way this universe is set up is, is if you keep, feeding positivity and you keep helping people. And especially if you're helping people pure and not asking for any type of return, you're not pushing, you're not doing it with some sort of other motivation behind it. No, you're, you're good. You will be good. This, this universe will not let you, it, it will never be a negative on you. You will come out positive. Just, just do the right thing. Do what is right. Do what is good. And you won't have to worry about it ever yeah and and the fact that we're together we're having this discussion is because of somebody that made introductions and brought the two of us together and and i've enjoyed this conversation so much i'm so glad well we had this opportunity yes 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 definitely definitely well bernard what is uh what is the best way that my listeners can get a hold of you best place 401kcheckbook.com that's 401k checkbook.com no dashes no hyphens uh and you may recognize that 40k as in 401k <laughs> yes uh but no parentheses around the k 401k checkbook lots of info there uh but of course you can schedule a call there uh we'll get on the phone we'll walk you through it and if it's the right thing for you we'll get you to the right place Awesome, awesome, awesome. Bernard, I thank you so much. And this has been an awesome inf information-packed episode. And I just hope my listeners, they reach out to you and, you know, uh, help, uh, you know, take advantage of your expertise and, you know, get their stuff, uh, get their stuff taken care of the right way. And David. again, just thank you so much. And we appreciate it. David, thanks for having me. Uh, great to be on the show. Thank you.